It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and spread our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And you can check us out wherever you listen to this podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council or every single Friday here on the show. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Participate on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Lockdown Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Then this is the game for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners, my listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps, in the game store. All right, so on today's episode of Locked On Panthers, going to talk to Benjamin Albright of 850 KOA Radio. They are the Broncos flagship, the Rockies flagship. They are a radio behemoth out there in the Mile High City. But he's not just a Broncos guy. This dude is plugged into all 32 teams in the National Football League, including... Your Carolina Panthers, my Carolina Panthers, our Carolina Panthers. He has plenty of insight to give us on what's going to happen with this coaching search as he and Denver is trying to figure out what's going to happen, whether it's Sean Payton's going to be the next head coach there. David Shaw, who retired from Stanford, is going to be Dan Quinn, the former Falcons coach and current Cowboys defensive coordinator. And we also wonder what's going to happen here. If it's not Sean Payton, is it Shane Steichen? According to um, one of the betting sites out there, Shane Steichen is currently the top odds to be the next head coach here in Carolina with Steve Wilkes being the second guy and then Sean Payton third. So how will that work out down the road? We'll ask Benjamin Albright about that all right here on the show as he'll give us the Broncos perspective of their search for Sean Payton and where the ownership is willing to give up a ton of draft compensation. And he'll try and give us the Panthers perspective as well as he again is pretty plugged in and what's going on in the NFL. So going to talk to Benjamin Albright here just after this on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun I've had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts this season. Chris Carter, the host of Locked On Steelers, was our Locked On NFL champion this season. Well, now it's your turn to compete, but more on that later. Ever dream of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory trying to build a dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, training players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And we certainly know about ups and downs here in Carolina. 
All this in a challenging and realistic game role. Ultimate Football Team is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. We have created a Locked On League for you to compete against Locked On fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate Locked On Football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app to join. And can you create a football dynasty? Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. And as promised, Benjamin Albright, follow him on Twitter at AlbrightNFL. He's a host and a reporter for 850 KOA out in Denver, Colorado. The Denver Broncos flagship, the Rockies flagship. If you guys know radio, it is an absolute behemoth out there on the West Coast. I'm going to consider Denver the West Coast, Ben. I don't know if you do, but I'm going to in this situation. But he is super plugged in to the league, not just the Panthers and the Broncos, but all the 32 teams. And glad enough to have him on here on the show to kind of give us some uh, insight on what's going on with the Panthers coaching search and also the Broncos coaching search as there's another guy in Sean Payton who's interested in both jobs and both teams are interested in him. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I apologize about being in the car here. So uh, hopefully I'll get to a parking lot here in just a second so we can actually do this. That's my bad. But uh, yeah, nobody out here would consider Denver the West Coast. Uh, Rocky Mountain region is probably the best way to, to, to put it. They would consider more, you know, like California and stuff. But I don't think anybody out here, since you got Nevada and Utah separating us, I don't think they consider too much the West Coast. Um, although there's a lot of West Coast transplants here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We got, uh, I guess we got some, some shared interest stuff to talk about uh, here today. And, Hopefully I can bring some clarity and let you guys know what I know and go from there. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. That's exactly what we're hoping to get from you today. So it kind of feels like we're all in a holding pattern here in week three of the coaching season here in the NFL. Uh, last year, it wasn't until right after the conference championship games going to the Super Bowl when hires are first announced. So I didn't expect the hire to be here on January 24th as we're doing this interview with January 25th as the show's coming out. But Sean Payton seems to be the guy that the Panthers are waiting for, the Cardinals are waiting for, the Broncos are waiting for, the Texans are waiting for. That's four of the five teams that have an opening. Is it right to have that assessment that the entire NFL is kind of in this holding pattern to see what happens with Sean Payton first before any hires are officially made? I don't know that I'd put it that way. I, I think that the media stuff on Sean Payton far outpaces league interest on Sean Payton. Um, you know, I don't think that uh, I think the Denver Broncos have kind of pivoted in another direction. We'll see if they circle back around on it. But I, I think they're they're sort of out on him right now as they focus at a different uh, at a different spot. I don't think he was ever a candidate for the Texans, um, you know, despite the interview. Uh, Carolina, I don't think that's the direction they're going. I think that's going to wind up uh, probably being either Shane Steichen or, or, or Steve Wilkes. But uh, and then Arizona, I don't know their level of interest on him. Uh, General Manager Monty Austin Ford is off the Parcells tree, but has never really worked with Sean Payton before. So, yeah, I don't know about their inter their interest in, in Sean Payton. I know they have Dan Quinn in for a second interview as we're talking. But, um, 
you know, that, that's the one that, that kind of remains to be seen for me. I, I tend to think that it's trending towards Sean Payton, goes back to television and comes out next cycle when one of the jobs he actually wanted, like one of the L.A. jobs or Dallas, something like that, possibly comes open. And that's not to say that, again, he and the Broncos couldn't circle back around. But I think for right now, I think that's off. So is it the lack of interest in Sean Payton from the ownership side or is it lack of interest from Sean Payton in these jobs that are available? Because you look at the market and when the Panthers are considered one of the top jobs, if not the top job, then that's not the strongest of coaching markets out there in the NFL this year. Yeah, you only have five openings this year. It's a very light uh, year in terms of openings. And then, you know, on top of that, I think that, uh, you know, what Sean Payton wants and what it takes to acquire him, I think it's a turnoff for a lot of teams. I don't think teams just want to pony up the, the 20 to 25 million. I don't think that uh, the teams want to pony up the draft compensation that New Orleans wants, which is basically something equivalent to the 16th to 12th pick on the on the tw- on the draft value chart doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a first rounder so much as it adds up to that. Um so that that's the thing. I think if the Denver Broncos were trying to, uh, I think if the Denver Broncos were trying to get, uh, you know, in on that market, I think you would, um, uh, you know, you'd have to pay that that pick that they have, uh, the the Niners pick, uh, which currently would be 28th this year, and then probably two thirds. I think that's a turnoff for the Denver Broncos, who are already short on draft capital thanks to the Russell Wilson deal. Um, so I, you know, I just think that, uh, that there's kind of a cool sentiment here, and then you know, teams are asking themselves, well, well, who is Sean Payton? You know, what does he bring to the table? And uh, is he this guy or, or did Drew Brees win him all those games? Uh, you know, did he quit on his football team or was he burnt out? Well, if he was burnt out, why did he just go back to coaching his own team? And, you know, I think there are a lot of questions that surround Sean Payton uh, and, and send some off field stuff as well. And I, I think those things all kind of uh, come together to, you know, to kind of say, hey, look, um, is this really the direction we want to go with the six year, 25 million per deal and giving up all those draft picks? You talk about compensation there, that it needs to add up to the 16th to 21st pick in the first round. Now, the Panthers hold the ninth overall pick, and I've been sitting here wondering the entire time, would New Orleans even trade Carolina Sean Payton without taking the ninth pick, considering he's going to be in division, and they're a team that needs to find a quarterback, and who knows how they want to do it, whether it's free agency or via the draft, but I have a hard time believing that New Orleans would want to give the Panthers both Sean Payton and the ability to get their quarterback to the future. Is the compensation the same for Carolina, or is that more so for Denver? I, I think the, the compensation, like I said, is somewhere between the 12th and 16th you know, pick of the first round based on the draft chart. I think Carolina would probably have to pay a little in-division tax, if you know sure. what I mean. Uh, but, you know, I, I, like the ninth pick, they may be willing to settle on that, or maybe they get the ninth and another pick and then send something back to make it balance out. Uh, there, there, are, there are options there, I think, as far as that goes. I just think that uh, Carolina would have to pay. The Carolina price would be a little bit higher, I believe, because it's in division. Yeah, and, and for me, too, I just I don't love the idea of trading draft compensation for a coach. You've seen plenty of franchises, the ones that are all playing right now that have had success without having to give up assets. If they want to pay a coach $20, $25 million, that doesn't matter to me. That's up to David Tepper. That's up to the Broncos owner and the ownership out there in Arizona, of course, in Houston as well. If Sean Payton is interested in any of those jobs end up getting any of those jobs. So the compensation for me draft wise was always a turnoff. Now, as far as Carolina, you talk about that they don't seem to have much interest after meeting with Sean Payton on Monday. Any insights to why that might be the case with David Tepper? 
I think he's turned off by the cost. I, I don't think that he wants to pay the draft picks. I think he thinks that it, uh, that the team that he owns has got a ready-built defense. They've got a good offensive line. They've got some pretty good skill position players that they just need to solve the quarterback position. Uh, and I don't think he wants to give up the, the, the draft picks that it would take to acquire Sean Payton. I think that, you know, that he understands that, uh, that, that maybe pairing a, uh, that, you know, that trading up for a CJ Stroud and pairing him with a Shane Steichen might be, might solve everything that they have there. If you look at the work that Shane Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think he thinks the cost or the juice is worth the squeeze in this particular case. Yeah. And you're talking about now Shane Steichen, Steve Wilkes, who appear to be the top two guys at this point in time and to potentially get the Carolina job. Now, Ben Johnson was seemingly the favorite before even getting an opportunity. We've never even interviewed here in Carolina. Do you know any reason why Ben Johnson decided not to come to Carolina to interview? Was it more just his loyalty to Dan Campbell? Was there just some hesitation with ownership? What was it that led them not wanting to interview and going back to Detroit? I think it was a combination of those things. And I wouldn't say that he was the prohibitive front runner, but he would have been in that group. He would have been in the finalist three with Shane and Steve. Um, I, I don't, I think that he, you know, Ben Johnson is a one-year offense coordinator. I think that, that, you know, he's, he's looking at this and thinking, well, you know what, what if I, uh, what if I go back and there's going to be more openings the next time I'm going to be better prepared for this uh, because this, a lot of this stuff came out of nowhere. And so I think that for, you know, for Shane Steichen, I mean, excuse me, I think for Ben Johnson, I think a lot of this has to do with, okay, um, let me, let me take a look at this, this landscape and be better prepared for this. Come, come with a better staff plan, come with those kinds of things, the next interview process, because the only two jobs that he was really in play for uh, would have been Indy where, you know, he didn't particularly want to go. And I'm not sure he would have gotten that job. And then Carolina where he would have been a finalist, but I'm still not sure he would have gotten the job, uh, you know, over Steichen, even though his name was bandied about in the media. Um, I, I still think it's Shane's job to lose. So um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I, I think he went back because he realized that, you know, that this is the opportunity for me to get better at, at, at the process of this. And there might be better job openings next time around. It looks like, you know, the LA jobs could open next time. Um, you know, you, you could have a situation where Dallas opens. You could have a situation where, um, you know, you have a great quarterback already in place kind of thing. And that, that really is a big thing. If you're a, if you're a first time head coach, you know, how long are you going to get? And you better be in a very secure, very stable environment, because as we've seen, for instance, this year in Denver, you're a first time head coach. You might not even make it your first year anymore. That's how bad the impatience is. So uh, are you going to hitch your wagon to a situation you don't absolutely love and aren't hundred percent sure of? Yeah. So you say Shane Steichen, it's his job to lose. Why? I, I think that the, Tave Tepper has kind of made no secret of the fact that he really wants to pair a, a young quarterback with a young offensive mind that can develop him. And, and we've seen what Shane Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, they started off doing something and then Steichen totally revamped that offense. And uh, and the Eagles have, have been on an absolute tear ever since they did that last year. Uh, I think he thinks that, that uh, you know, that he can bring that success to Carolina. Um, and, and I think he thinks that's the best plan for winning going forward. Um, whether I agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. I thought Steve Wilkes did, did a pretty good job as the interim. I'm also one of these people that says that never hire the interim coach. It almost never works out. Um, yeah. you know, you kind of get that rally around the interim coach phenomenon that, that happens because teams regroup after the head coach gets fired, you know, but, uh, and we, we saw that in Denver this year, you know, the last two games, they were, they were pretty, fr fr pretty freaking good, you know? So I, I think that, uh, if you're, you know, if you're, um, 
if you're eyeballing Wilkes, I thought he did a good job, and I think he made his case to get interviews elsewhere. But I think you want to, if you fire somebody, you kind of want to clean the culture out and start over. And I think that uh, I think Steichen brings a new culture, a new, a new look, uh, and and is shown that he is capable of uh, cultivating an offense around a quarterback's strengths. And I think if Carolina's going to draft a quarterback, and I do think they will, and I think it'll be C.J. Stroud, um, I think that that's probably the direction that that they want to go. Yeah, and with Wilkes, were you surprised at all that he has not interviewed elsewhere? I mean, obviously Arizona's not on the table, but the other jobs that are open, are you surprised that he didn't get an interview anywhere? Not really. They're so limited, and, and most of these guys already knew who they wanted. You know, you look at the Houston yeah. Tech, they've, they've had John Gannon and D'Amico Ryan circled the entire time. Um, you know, and nobody, everybody knows it. Um, you, you know, you look at Denver and, and they wanted somebody with head coaching experience, but you know, the, the guys that they really wanted, um, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Sean Payton, initially Dan Quinn, uh, you know, people like that. I think they kind of had that circle. I don't think Steve Wilkes was, was really in play for them at all. Um, I do think that, uh, the, the one name that you should keep your eye on in Denver is, is D'Amico Ryan's if the Texans pass on him, but, um, that, that's, that's just one to keep your eye on there. Uh, as far as the rest of them go, I mean, the, the Indy. I mean, you know, I, I, what was Steve Wilkes going to do up there uh, as, as a head yeah. coach? I mean, you know, Jim, Jim Irsay is all over the map, and, and that situation is, is kind of a little toxic. I, I'm not sure that I, you know, I would necessarily be wanting to put my foot in that. Um, and then, you know, Arizona. I mean, they just fired Cliff and Steve Kime. You got Michael Bidwell, who's kind of a cheap owner, and, and Wilkes obviously is not going to get an interview there based on how his last head coaching tenure there went. So you really, but he's also he's also suing them. So yeah, right, right. He's also <laughs> there's that. Them, so. That's the same reason, you know, like De Denver, people keep asking me why Denver's not con considering Brian Flores. And I'm like, dude, he's suing them. Um, you know, I mean, it's like, what, what do you, do you think that they're going to hire him? Cause you know, cause he's lying about some things that happened in the interview the last time. So to me, I just like, looking at this Wilkes really had three options, you know, uh, I mean, he had four if you count Carolina, but the, the other three options were Indy, which is a hot, toxic mess he didn't want any part of. Denver, who, you know, was, was obviously going to go in a different direction. And Houston, which was going to go in a different direction. So why would you even take the interviews? Yeah. I just wonder, is there a market for him maybe next cycle? Is he ever going to get a yeah. chance to be a head coach again? Because I just oh, want to like, look at the NFL owners. Do they take inventory and what he was able to do in Carolina this season and maybe think down in the road, like, oh, this might be a guy? Oh, absolutely. I think he'll get, he'll go back and be a defensive coordinator or something like that for somebody this year and then get more interviews next cycle. There's another guy out there, a Jero Averro, who, you know, interviewed with every team. Uh, I think he's going to get, you know, he'll be a hot name next cycle. It's hard. Like the sad news, the sad part of this is, is it's, it's, it's twofold on top of everything else, right? There's a limited number of openings, everything else. It's also very difficult for one year defensive coordinators or defensive coordinators, excuse me, to get head coaching jobs in an yeah. offensive league. Everybody wants the hot young offensive person. That's why guys like Nathaniel Hackett, get jobs over Dan Quinn. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I know. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, it's hard for it's it, Unfortunately, it is still difficult for minorities to get head coaching, you know, to get head coaching jobs. It is, it still is. And that's, it, that is very unfortunate, but it is, it is an economic truth. And, and I don't know why people, um, I, I don't know why that, that is per se, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's overt outright racism, but I think it's struggle with rich old white dudes struggle to relate to young, energetic African-American men as in their leadership style. And, and yeah. I think that that's a problem. I think that's what's kept some people from getting jobs they deserved. And so, you know, I, I, I think that's part of it. I think that there's an element of that in it as much as we, we want to think that we're, 
making progress in that arena. And we're all, you know, we're all just like, Hey, I want the guy that wins football games. I think sometimes people look at something and they say, this looks more professional to me. And that may be the wrong answer. That may not be the guy, you know, or that may be the guy to lead your team and you don't know it. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot of factors involved here and, you know, I, I think that it's, I don't think it's any one thing, but I, I do think that there's an unfortunate set of circumstances, especially for minority defensive coordinators. Yeah. And I, I'll say this as a young, energetic black man that, I understand that, look, people are going to want to hire who they're comfortable hiring. And when David Tepper hired Matt Rule, he said all the things that he saw in Matt Rule that he saw in himself. He used to be a short order cook. He dressed like crap, just like me, to be able to relate to him. And hell, that's like any business in America. You're going to hire people that you can relate to. And oftentimes that might be people from the same background as you, people that look like you. And the Rooney Rule, while it might be good intention, it's never going to stop owners from hiring who they want to hire. Because as you mentioned, why did Steve Wilkes not get other interviews? Well, these owners already knew who they wanted to talk to, not based off of Steve Wilkes' merit, whether he can be a good head coach or not, but just based off of who they want and what they don't want. So going back to the Shane Steichen part of it, the Panthers have also been interviewing defensive coordinators, including someone who's up there in Philadelphia right now. And um, God, I can't even remember. He's your former head coach down there in Denver. Can't remember his name right now. Um, for who's the former Denver head coach? Vance Joseph. No, not Vance Joseph. After Vance Joseph. Vic Fangio. Yeah, Fangio. So Fangio's come here to interview as a defensive coordinator. Right. There's been links to possibly with him and Sean Payton. I've read reports that apparently what David Tepper, like you said, wants to have a young coach with a young quarterback. They also might want to get a veteran DC like Fangio. Does that look like that's going to pot could be the marriage and partnership here in Carolina? I don't think so. I think Vic's got other options and I think okay. he prefers other options. Uh, he was linked to Sean Payton, but a lot of that was to try to bait the Chargers into cutting ba cutting ties with Brandon Staley uh, because you would be getting Sean Payton and Vic Fangio, which if you look at the current or I would say current as of a month ago, uh, Chargers staff, Joe Lombardi, who was a uh, Sean Payton disciple and Brandon Staley, who was a Vic Fangio disciple, uh, you would have just gotten the original versions of them, you know, taking over that that job there, which was, was was kind of the plan. I don't know that Vic follows Sean wherever he goes. If he goes elsewhere, I certainly don't think that Vic would come back to Denver or nor would Denver take him. But, um, you know, I, as far as the other jobs go, I think the Miami job might be a little bit more attractive to Vic. Um, I, I think that certainly San Francisco and Philadelphia are probably more attractive if either one of those defensive coordinators get head coaching gigs. And I suspect both of them could. Um, and then there's the L.A. Rams job. If Raheem Morris gets the Colts job that would come available and uh, he has an affinity for Los Angeles and, and Sean McVay. So there could be there could be a possibility there as well. Uh, so I think that there are other jobs available. Does that mean that Vic won't take the Carolina job? No, it does not necessarily mean that. But uh, I think there are other jobs that are probably more attractive to him. And I think that they would have to get filled before he would take the Carolina job. In the event that Shane Steichen does get this job, do you see one of these defensive coordinators being paired with him? Do you think he'd get a chance to just hire his own guy? I think he would try to bring his own staff. I don't know who, okay. um, you know, because I think, you know, if John Gannon gets the Texans job, he's going to poach a lot of that Eagles staff too. And Rollis is a guy I think they would both fight over. Um, I think he goes with Gannon. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see who Shane Steichen, because I don't know who Shane Steichen's defensive coordinator would be. Um, so that's, you know, that, that, that would be interesting to see, just like, I don't know who D'Amico Ryan's offensive coordinator would be. Those are, those are two things that interest me very much. And I don't know who either one would be. How about Wilkes? What was his offensive plan? Do you know? I don't off the top of my head. Um, that's one. I, I guess I could make a call and find that out. I probably should have before I did this, but um, I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Well, you find that out and let me know. So, but it feels like it's going to be Shane Steichen if he wants a job from what you've told us. Now, one last thing here for you, Benjamin, before I let you go, you had mentioned 
you think they're going to get a quarterback. You think it's going to be CJ Stroud. What, what's the connection there with Stroud and the Panthers? I, I just think that that's the guy Tepper likes. Um, okay. Based on persons that I've talked to, I, I think that uh, I, I think that Tepper thinks that CJ Stroud is the guy. Um, I, I think that he, that he feels like that uh, that the marriage of him and Shane Steichen is you know is is one that uh, that would work. Um, I don't think that they're very interested in Will Levis, and I don't think they're interested in Bryce Young. I think they the, the size on Bryce Young I think is something that they're they might uh, they might balk at. I think the Colts are all in on Will Levis. We'll we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, okay. And so that really, as far as the top end quarterbacks, that that really kind of you know presents a problem because after that then what are you looking at anthony richardson or hendon hooker those are day two guys that um you know that i think uh you know i I, you're certainly looking at projects there that i'm not sure are ready for um you know ready for the nfl to be a starter and i'm not sure they ever will be um i I like both of them but i'm not sure they ever will be it's just it's a question of how long it takes for the person they are and the person they could be to meet okay so from that insight looks like houston at two indianapolis at three likely taking Young and Levis. Does Carolina maybe think about trading up the five to Seattle with Scott Fitterer's connection there, or could they just sit there and wait for Stroud at nine? Maybe wait, maybe trade all the way to one. Uh, it just depends on what it takes, you know, to do all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, it, a lot of this stuff still has, this process still has to play out, but you know, a lot of this is me forecasting, but again, this is informed forecasting based on, you know, I haven't talked to people and, you know, people do have their eye on things that they like long before they, they have to make those decisions. So uh, there's still time and, and things could shake out a totally different way. But for right now, I think that, that preliminarily that's how they feel about it. Okay. And then last one here, just guessing. What would it take to get to one? Um, I mean, that's that's up to the Bears and, and, you know, and and that whole situation. Um, And that's assuming the Bears don't fall in love with anybody in this process either. I don't think that uh, I don't particularly think that Justin Fields has that job on lock at all. Um, You know, I mean, he he used his legs quite a bit uh, down the stretch, but then he got hurt, you know, and that's a recurring problem. If you have a quarterback who uses legs a lot, they wind up getting hurt. Look at Lamar Jackson at the end of the season, the last two years, and it takes away from their ability to be, you know, present uh, during a playoff run. And so, and you know, Justin Fields, uh, you know, led the league and, and was bottom of the league in, in a lot of categories that are bad categories, sack percentage, interception percentage, fumbles, uh, those kinds of things. That's not to say Justin Fields can't grow as a passer. That's not to say he's not a dynamic athlete. That's not to say he won't become a great quarterback. Um, and he'll get every opportunity as it sits to, to be the starter. But I wouldn't say that he has that on lock. And I, if they fall in love with another quarterback, Chicago could absolutely draft one. All right. Well, hell, actually, I got to ask you one more because I know I'm going to get asked this question because people here love to talk about the potential of uh, trading for a former top three pick who hasn't panned out in his former home. Trey Lance, is there going to be a market for him this offseason? I think that the Niners are going to have a quarterback competition between him and Brock Purdy. And and uh, based on the way Purdy's played, I think most people would probably believe at this point he would win it. Um as far as Trey Lance being on the block, yeah, I think he would be. I think there'd be several teams willing to take a swing at that. I mean, there's all the talent in the world. He's very young uh, and not a lot of wear and tear on the body. He's just, you know, he's been injured the last couple of times. So you're going to have to figure if he's got a, an injury history that's going to carry on or if, if that stuff is over. Uh, he can throw the ball a mile. The question is slowing the game down for him and making accurate passes. Uh, and you're going to have to have somebody creative offensively that's willing to cater to what it is that he can do and slowly build in the things that he needs to work on. All right, there it is. Benjamin Albright, the host over at 850KOA in Denver. Follow him on Twitter at Albright NFL. A great follow. Like when you're looking at people out there on NFL Twitter that have real insight, 
this dude interacts with people all the time. And I sometimes sit there and I wonder, why do you interact with some of these folks, man? Because there's a lot of clowns out there coming at you every day, but you do a great job, man. I appreciate you giving some insight, taking your time here to come on the show. I, I try, man. Like, uh, that's the thing. Interaction. We're all just dudes and chicks talking football at the end of the day. So, you know, I, I try to interact with everybody that I can. It gets exhausting after a while, though. Yeah, I can only imagine, man. But I uh, appreciate you. Uh, check them out. Broncos country tonight. I know there's going to be some changes there, but that's still going on for you. That is 100% still going on. And uh, tonight it'll be myself, Steve Atwater, and uh, maybe a few other people in there. So we'll have some fun with it. Yeah, there we go. Hall of Famer Steve Atwater. And by the way, as you know, Jeremy Chin's uncle, former Broncos mm -hmm. legend. So go check them out. Ben has plenty of insight on not just the Broncos, but the entire NFL. Uh, ben, thanks again, man, for taking the time here on the show. Absolutely. Take care. All right, we'll be back here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. I've told y'all for like two days now how excited I am about our brand new partner here at Locked On NFL and just the Locked On Podcast Network. The NFL playoffs, as we know, they're here. Championship Sunday, Chiefs, Bengals going at it for the second year in a row at Arrowhead. The 49ers headed east to play Philadelphia. Who is going to represent the NFC? Who's going to represent the AFC as they head out to Glendale, Arizona for the Super Bowl? But we're really excited about our new sports betting partner here at Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with a $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more a FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really good stuff there from Benjamin Albright of 850 KOA out there in Denver. Check him out. Broncos country tonight. He lost his co-host, got a promotion. So he's sitting there now doing a show of a Hall of Famer and Steve Atwater. So life's pretty good there for Benjamin, who is really plugged in to the league. And hopefully he'll uh, let me know who Steve Wilkes is uh, planning on having as his OC. So I can pass that along to y'all um, if I do get that information. But it looks like Shane Steichen, his job to lose. And as I told y'all, when this began three weeks ago, if it's not going to be Wilkes, if it's going to be an outside candidate, give me Shane Steichen. And also interesting to hear that Ben Johnson maybe was not the surefire favorite to get the job here in Carolina, that he had some concerns about ownership. And then Sean Payton looks like he's going to stay at Fox. And if I'm him, I would do the same. I love the Carolina Panthers. Y'all know that. But let's just be honest with ourselves. For a franchise that's never had back-to-back -back winning seasons, currently doesn't have a quarterback, and there's a big question at ownership, if this is the top job, then the jobs out there are not good jobs. Texans, no way I would touch that job if I was a, co if I was a coach. Same thing with the Colts. Cardinals, really not interested, especially in your first year. It's going to be a wash because Kyler Murray is going to be injured basically the entire season. Denver, 
I could do that, but there's a lot of questions about Russell Wilson, and you have no idea if the ownership actually is good at good ownership and what's going on with the GM there in George Payton. So not a great market. So it makes sense that Ben Johnson would wait. Also makes sense for Sean Payton to wait. And if he really wants the Chargers job, then, well, wait and see if Brandon Staley is able to win a playoff game next season. Because if he doesn't, he's probably getting fired and you can take that job. Or maybe Sean McVay decides to take your job at Fox and you guys can just trade places there in L.A. And it warms my heart to know that David Tepper and a lot of the owners out there are not trying to give this dude $20 million and also have to part ways with a first-round pick in order to acquire his services. Sucks for New Orleans, but also, hey, screw them. And we don't want the Saints being able to get picks to help grow their team and potentially help them find a quarterback. So there's the latest there from Benjamin Albright. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Albright NFL. Don't be a jerk. I see so many people that tweet at that dude that are complete, awful human beings. Don't be that way. Be cool. Be a good fan. Be a good person, first off and foremost, and go out there, talk to him, interact with him, does a really good job interacting with fans and giving some insight to all the NFL fans out there as far as what's going on with their favorite team. Again, dude's plugged in with every single team in the league. Love the job that he does and really appreciate him taking the time to talk to us today. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all be sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to check us out wherever you listen to the podcast, rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, for every single Friday. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Participate on the weekly Friday mailbag this week. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we continue to have a guest on as Jeff Duncan, columnist down at the NOLA.com, Times-Picayune. Uh, oh, I think they're also another paper. It's like two papers combined down in New Orleans. He's been there for a long time. He's been on fire when it comes to what's going on with Sean Payton and his interview prospects in Arizona and now it's being paused in Denver and all of that. So we're going to have him on the show tomorrow as he'll give us more insight on if Payton's going to take a job, if he's going to go back to TV and what it might take for Carolina uh, to get Sean Payton if that's what happens. So we'll talk to Jeff Duncan tomorrow here on the show. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.